Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a problem. Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. Here to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Kay Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge. Ew! Ew! Welcome into the Ball Blast Podcast, where it's our goal is to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. I'm your host, Michelle. You can find me on Twitter at Ball Blastem, Ball Blast E-M. And I am Kate. You can follow me on Twitter at FF Ball Blast. And I'm Jake. You can find me at Jake Trowbridge with a W. Besides this awesome podcast, make sure to go check out way more fantasy information over at ballblastfootball.com. We have a whole group of writers that, you know, they're just putting out consistent, awesome work every single day. So go give their articles a read. Again, that's ballblastfootball.com. Smash that five-star review on your podcast app. If you're so kind, it means so much to us and it helps our podcast out so, so, so much. Guys, it's week four. We are just, we're flying through the season. It happens every single year. We wait, we wait, we wait for this NFL season, and then it just flies by. Pew! Week four. <laughs> Jake, how's your, how's your fantasy football leagues going so far? Are you winning? Are you doing a good job? I don't job? want to talk about it. No. I don't want to talk about it on this podcast. No, because I'm doing really well in, in most of my leagues, except for the one that I always care the most about, which is my stupid, obnoxious home league, <laughs> which is, you know, really the only one that I actually want to walk away uh, from with a championship in my heart of hearts. And that is an 0-3 start to this Ooh. point, and that does not feel good. I blame Ireland. I blame having <laughs> to be in Ireland. I think I'll get back on track Jake, here, hopefully. Uh, Let's let's just take this moment because there are probably people listening to our podcast that are also 0 and 3, feeling down and out, down in the dumps. What advice do you have to our listeners who are um, sharing the boat with you? Uh, do you have any any hope that the boat won't capsize? I I have hope. I do not uh, I do not have much else, but I have hope. And my advice to fellow 0 and 3 teams at this point is to shake things up. Do not rely on the same old players just because of the name. Uh, you know, if you're rocking with Allen Robinson still through the thick of it, and you're like, ah, I just need to keep doing it. Maybe don't, because you're 0-3 <laughs> for a reason, and so a shakeup sometimes needs to happen, but all is not lost. Yeah, and there's been a, a lot of injuries, which we need to get into. Uh, so my fantasy seasons have been, you know, leagues have been going actually fantastic. I'm very, very happy this year so far. But there were so many injuries that we had to figure out last week, and they're kind of all rolling into this week. So let's hop into it. Let's get into the news and notes. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. T. Higgins, he is officially out for Thursday night football against the Jaguars. It would have been a very nice matchup for him. He missed last week. Jamar Chase had a game. 
against a, well, we think a harder defense, even though the Steelers have not looked that fantastic as of late. But he's out again. So Jamar Chase, another great start. I think you can start Tyler Boyd again in PPR leagues mostly. I'm not really excited to start him in a standard league. Uh, anything else here with this? Does it affect anybody else? Is Jamar Chase a must start at this point? I think so. Bo yeah. show. I love how Jake's nodding his head. Like, yeah, it, we're on a podcast. <laughs> Everybody can hear that, right? Yeah. I nod very forcefully. Yeah, he nodded. Uh, Every time Jake nods, there's a gust of wind toward the microphone. We, we all know immediately when Jake is nodding. So I, through three games, you guys feel pretty confident. Obviously, he's had a lot of big plays, so that yeah. has contributed to his fantasy production. But Once Higgins is back, I think we can have another conversation if he's a must-play. But while Higgins is out, he definitely has to be in your lineup. He's been fantastic. Oh. Daryl Henderson... He participated in practice on Wednesday. We'll keep an eye on his practice status throughout the week, but that's a good sign. And Sean McVay said that he expects him to play. Well, the expectation is that he'll play, but he did mention that they'll be cautious with him. So it it might be a little tricky to, you know, figure out should you put him in your lineups or not, because if he is limited in touches, but I love the matchup against the Cardinals. They have been giving up uh, points to the running back position. So if Jake, if you had to choose this week, Daryl Henderson or Sony Michelle to plug into your lineup, if they, if Henderson is out there. Oh, this is uh, something I'm going to touch on just a little bit later too. But if it is full go for Daryl Henderson and we get that news update from McVeigh, then I do want Henderson in there. Maybe they'll be a little bit cautious, but if he is full practice up until that point, that's still the guy that I would trust in that backfield. Same. What about you, Kate? Oh, Henderson. Absolutely Henderson. Yeah. Uh, Both Julio Jones and A.J. Brown did not practice on Wednesday with their hamstring injuries. It's not looking too good. Either will play versus the Jets this week. That's brutal. Um, uh, You know, just not good for the Titans in general. Derrick Henry might see 50 touches this week. Chester Rogers, guys. Chester Rogers. I'm not getting cute with any of the wide receivers. I don't want to start Ryan Tannehill. And Derrick Henry will go off. And Anthony Persker is not is not happening. He did, he, did. Re- <laughs> he returned to practice, but no, I'm not getting cute with him either. Gerald Everett, another tight end, he was placed on the COVID list on Wednesday. Uh, so very soon to Sunday. I don't even know if it's possible for him to be active this week. I, I think Will Disley is interesting. You know, if you're really really struggling for a tight end. He becomes interesting because right now Everett and Disley is kind of in like sharing snaps and targets, but with one of them gone, all right. It's against the 49ers, not the best matchup. Would you would you dare play Will Disley this week, Jake? No. <laughs> I can't make myself do it. I can't. Right. For those of you that heard that gust of wind in the microphone, that was actually a shaking his head. Uh, not the nod. Different type of gust. Different type of gust, obviously. James White, hip injury that he sustained in last week's game. Guys, he was my start of the week last week. I am officially a jinx. He was my start. He was my running back, scrumptious start. And then you know who was my wide receiver? Sterling Shepard. And they both promptly left the games. Within Uh, like five seconds, too. So they didn't even have time to do anything. But... James White's actually expected to miss the rest of the season. Mm. If you're in any league that's bigger than like 15 roster spots, go pick up J.J. Taylor. Uh, I really, really like this dude. I think he's a very good running back. They 
you know, he was a rookie last year, didn't get playing time. He's gotten playing time, but he plays the exact same role as James White. Rookie with the Patriots. Just, yeah, or, rookie uh, with the Patriots yeah. last year. Yes. Second year this year. He plays the exact same role as James White. He's fantastic. Mac Jones targeted him like crazy in the preseason. He's a little guy. He's so cute. Yeah. He's this, like a little potato. This <laughs> matchup sucks against um, the Bucks. Like running backs don't do anything against them, so obviously don't get cute there. Just put him on your bench, see what happens. Deontay Johnson limited in practice on Wednesday. Juju did not practice. I don't know what this means. I think Deontay Johnson will, you know, has a good chance to play since he practiced uh, on Wednesday. Juju, I don't want to play him anyways, so I don't really care. Elijah Mitchell returned to practice on Wednesday in a limited capacity. I personally want no part of this 49ers backfield. I think Elijah Mitchell gets his job back, his you know, lead job back, but I don't think, I don't know what that means. Trey Sermon will still get touches. You know, Trey Lance will come in near the goal line and steal touchdowns. Like, I want nothing to do with it. And then the fullback, uh, well, Kyle Juszczyk yeah, was yeah. like the most productive running back, but then you had Trenton Cannon who, uh, returned. Was it a, I can't remember if it was a plant or a kickoff last week, but he has had the Fastest recorded speed per next-gen stats among all running Ooh. backs in the NFL. Of course he does. Those four, that 49ers team really likes to... Shanahan has such a type. Would you play... <laughs> if Elijah Mitchell plays this week, uh, it's against Seattle, right? Yes. Would you Great play matchup. Elijah Mitchell, Jake? If I am forced to play somebody in my flex like Elijah Mitchell... I would do it because there are going to be a lot worse options. Yeah, it stinks. You don't know exactly who it's going to be. My initial thought is Trey Sermon only got in because of all these injuries, and it seems yeah. clear that that offense doesn't love him or those coaches don't love him. So I would play him in my flex. Okay. Dalvin Cook, back at practice in a limited capacity on Wednesday. Um, you know, we keep an eye on him. If he's healthy, you play him. If not, I, I don't love Alexander Madison this week. The, the matchup is not good, right? It's against the Browns. The Browns are a good defense, and they're very good against running backs. But you're not sitting Delvin Cook if he plays. If he doesn't play and it's Alexander Madison, I'll probably look elsewhere, even though you know the usage is nice. You might have to play him. But, no, I don't love the matchup. But just keep an eye on Delvin Cook. Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton not practicing on Wednesday. I, I don't foresee them playing this week. And also it's against the Saints. So terrible matchup. Keep them, keep them out. Rashad Bateman, rookie wide receiver for the Ravens, was activated from IR on Wednesday. That means it doesn't mean he's going to play this week, but the Ravens have 21 days to get him on to the 53-man roster. So it's coming soon. I don't know if he'll actually be out there on the field. You know, I'm happy if to keep him on my bench and see what happens with him. I wouldn't dare start him in his first or, you know, first start. I want to see how they use him, what's happening. Because Marquise Brown looks good. And I don't know if he's just going to take over those targets immediately. Who do you think has a better rest of season once Bateman plays, Jake? Is it Marquise Brown or Rashad Bateman? I've been turned into a Marquise Hollywood Brown believer here just because he's been so consistent for the last several games, stretching back to last year. And with Bateman being a rookie and dealing with that injury, it gives me a lot of trepidation. I'm sure that he can overcome it, 
But I know, good word, right? Uh, but I need to actually see him do it before I would trust him. Kate? Yeah, Rashad Bateman uh, was more of a stash for me. Like, I, I have Rashad Bateman um, in a ton of Dynasty Leagues. Not not confident. I mean, he missed uh, a lot of the preseason. He, he missed oh, just so much time. Uh, a lot of valuable reps, even when Lamar Jackson – or even when he was healthy, Lamar Jackson was out with COVID. So these two really haven't played together pretty much at all. Uh, that's that's concerning for any w- rookie wide receiver who just needs practice reps. It's hard enough for anybody to adjust. And Marquise Brown looks good. And he does. He guys, looks do you remember that episode uh, of our podcast in the offseason when, for my ballsy take, I was going to make Marquise, I was going to say Marquise Brown could be a top 24 wide receiver this year. I think I said you weren't allowed. And then, no, and then I was like, <laughs> oh, I don't want to be stubborn. I'm not going to do it because he's not. Gosh darn it, guys. I, I have Let this feeling. be a lesson. Always be stubborn going <laughs> forward. <laughs> he looks good. And he's getting, he got the targets last year and he's getting them this year. So, uh, you know, keep playing Hollywood Brown. We'll see what happens with Bateman. Keep him on your bench, but I'm not starting him anytime soon. Before we get into our scrumptious starts of the week, we have to talk about Thrive Fantasy. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy with this football season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app, but it's not just a regular DFS platform. It is playing with player props, which are my absolute favorite thing, and we don't have them available to play in Texas. It's so much fun with Thrive. You eliminate the hours and hours of research. You focus only on top-tier athletes with the biggest impact on fantasy football. You choose 10 out of a 20-player slot of player props. You build your lineup with them. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for points uh, based on the over or under and how likely it is to hit. Whoever gets the most points wins the money. And that's like... It's DFS, but it's player props, and I love this combination. It's so unique. You can't find DFS like this anywhere else. Thrive's featured 1,000K guaranteed contest is $20 to enter every week. The winner takes home $20,000. You can't miss this, but even better than that, use promo code BALLBLAST when you sign up today. You get a 100% first deposit match up to $100. So you could get basically a free $100. Just download the Thrive Fantasy app on the App Store or Play Store or visit their website, thrivefantasy.com. Sign up, prop up today. Again, that's promo code BALLBLAST for a up to 100% first deposit match up to $100. Thrive Fantasy. So meaty. What's not to like? Custard? Good. Jam? Good. Meat? Good. It is delicious. It's good for me. It's a perfect way to start the day. It is time. I love talking about our scrumptious starts of the week. Every week it's just like a brand new slate, right? You just get so excited for certain players and you just expect them to go off. It doesn't always work out, but it's still fun to have the hope. So let's start with quarterbacks here, Jake. Who is your quarterback scrumptious start of the week? Nom, 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 nom. It is Jalen Hurts who gets to go against uh, an incredible matchup with Kansas City. So expect 
a lot of points to be put on the board and a lot of retaliation to be necessary for Jalen Hurts. Now, I am not the resident Jalen Hurts truther here by That's any me. means, so uh, I know that you would have liked this, uh, Michelle. But I did want to talk about this last week and that Monday night matchup against Dallas because it was probably his worst actual NFL showing that we've seen, and it still resulted in him being QB9 in fantasy with 22.5 fantasy points. If that is his worst showing and you can still get that much out of fantasy, there's no future matchup that I'm going to worry about starting him. He's an auto start for me for the rest of the year, and of course against the Chiefs, who have given up the second most fantasy points to opposing QBs thus far. They also gave up 100 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns to Lamar Jackson in Week 2. No, Jalen Hurts is not necessarily Lamar Jackson, but that's the kind of ceiling we could definitely see here. Oh, yeah, they give up so many rushing yards. Their defense this year is actually just straight garbage. Like, there isn't a Chiefs defense. It's so bad. So I expect Jalen Hurts to get it done on the ground this week, and that's really... What you want from your fantasy quarterbacks, right? Like, it's great when they also are great as a passer, but if they get those rushing yards, then it's just it's just a cheat code. Love me some Jalen Hurts. And after that Monday night game, people are actually worried about starting him. It's like, did you not enjoy those 22 points? I don't care what he looked like. Do you enjoy <laughs> the 22 fantasy points or not? Like, that's Turn off the TV. Yeah. It's not always pretty. It's not. And they're like, oh, he's going to lose his job. It's like, no, he's not. Joe Flacco would have died in that game. He literally would not have come out alive. <laughs> we are fine. My scrumptious start of the week at quarterback is Taylor Heineke uh, for the Washington football team against Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta. I mean, he also had a garbage game against the Bills. He completed 14 passes. 14 passes. He had two interceptions, and he still scored 20.4 fantasy points. Like, it's kind of the same thing that we're just talking about with Hurts there. He's not the rusher that Hurts is, so you don't have that same floor. But when you can have that bad of a game and still score 20.4 fantasy points, like, okay, I'm, I'm listening. I'm ready to start you, right? And in week two in his first start this season, he scored 20 fantasy points against the Giants. He is one of those guys that's just going to keep – throwing it up and hoping that his playmakers come down with the ball. And if they're down quickly, he's going to have the garbage time. But in this Falcons game, I, I expect him to move up and down the field. Like the Bills defense is very, very good. This year they've been super solid. And Washington's just not the defense that we thought they were. So Heineke is going to have to score some points. And against the Falcons, that should be just fine. And I love that this game is in Atlanta. Right. If we're just looking at quarterbacks playing in Atlanta over the last two seasons, the Falcons have given up 32 points to Russell Wilson, 30 points to Drew Locke. Jalen Hurts had 29 points in week one. Taysom Hill last year, 24 points. Teddy Bridgewater, 21 points. The Bears quarterbacks last season when they played them, they combined for 28 points because Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky both play. They got 28 points on them. Like, there's only so many home games, guys, and I'm listing off a ton of them, and I'm only listing off the, you know, the random quarterbacks besides that first one with Russell Wilson. Daniel Jones last week had zero touchdowns against the Falcons, and he still scored 16.5 fantasy points. Uh, I'll play Heineke, and I'll play him over guys like Ryan Tannehill and Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold and Trevor Lawrence and obviously Matt Ryan in the same game. 
Like I, I'm starting him as long as I, obviously if you have a stud, you don't start him, but I like him this week. Yeah. I, I don't mind that. Um, I was not on board with this argument before we started the podcast, FYI, but I am living with it. Okay. Now. I'm coping. I, I like <laughs> that. I changed you. <laughs> Kate, I love your start of the week. Discuss, please. All right, I'm going with Kirk Cousins. Kirk I, want, Cousins I, I was baby. going to pick him, by the way, but you stole him before me. Thank you so much. Um, Kirk Cousins, guess what? He's only scored uh, less than one fewer point than Jalen Hurts this season. FYI. He's been great. He has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, let me give you a little bit little bit of a nugget here. There are two quarterbacks that are ranked in the top 20 quarterbacks for fantasy football who are doing so on fewer than five rush attempts, and that is Kirk Cousins and that is Tom Brady. Wow. Um, Kirk Cousins has played like pretty much lights out, leads all quarterbacks in adjusted completion percentage in the NFL. They're letting him throw. You have Dalvin Cook, who's still banged up. Even if he plays, obviously you play him, but it just gives more reason to feed into this, this uh, narrative of the passing game. Uh, ranks eighth in passing attempts, seventh in passing yards. He's got the weapons uh, that are able to receive. If they can't run, they're going to have to pass. Um, and Cleveland, despite the fact that I do think they're a good defense, they have been giving up plenty through the air. I just think this is such a delicious matchup for Kirk Cousins. He's probably going to be in all of my DFS lineups for sure this week. They're actually letting him throw. I think that's the difference. I mean, 49 attempts, 32, 38. Last year was like he would end so many games with like no passing attempts. Uh, Jake, how high are you going to rank Kirk Cousins this week? Because he's been the quarterback four on the year so far. It never, ever feels like he does as well as he does. And this is certainly the best that he's done in quite some time. But he's always been flirting with QB1 territory. And it just, I never give him the respect. I guess I have to right now. I would put him inside of my top eight. How you for like this me week. now? <laughs> fine. I like you fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was, that was Washington's response, by the way. That was a direct quote. <laughs> From the Washington. So yeah. if you had to go with Jalen Hurts or Kirk Cousins, Jake. I'd I'd still prefer Hurts, uh, and only because of the rushing floor there. I think both of them actually have a comparable ceiling, which is pretty incredible. What about Matthew Stafford this week? Because that might be a decision some people have to make. Stafford or Cousins? That is so unfair. People are talking about Matthew Stafford as a potential NFL MVP. Okay, but I, I think Cousins has more fantasy points than Stafford this year. He does. So it's a, it's a question. And who are you playing this week? I would go Stafford, obviously. Uh -oh. But it, I think it's just the names. I mean, if you're looking at the fantasy points, um, the matchup is, is fine for both. I mean, Stafford has a divisional matchup. That could be a little bit hard. It's the Cardinals, so it should be fine. Uh, I won't be surprised if Cousins outscores him, but yeah, I'm still going Stafford. Jake, have you decided you look very troubled? This is painful. Uh, this is painful, but I would narrowly give the edge to Stafford as well, and it is matchup-based for me. Okay. That is fair. Let's get into running backs. Now, Jake, you kind of mentioned this guy earlier. He is your start of the week. I'm actually shocked by this. Talk me into it, because I'm not feeling it right now. 
Well, and let me put the asterisk out here. Again, we talked at the start of this show about if Daryl Henderson is out there and he is Foco, that's the guy that I want. Uh, but if he is not for whatever reason, then I am very comfortable putting Sony Michelle in that slot even. And it comes down to what we saw the entire offense do against Tampa Bay last week, which I think we all thought, like, there's no way you should be starting Sony Michelle. And no, he didn't, you know, come out and burst through to a top five finish or anything like that. But very respectable showing against Tampa Bay. He did better than Zeke did in week one overall. That's not what I was expecting by any means. Um, but what's more important is the Cardinals have given up 130 total yards to a couple of running backs the last couple of weeks. Uh, one of them was Dalvin Cook, so maybe he shouldn't be uh, included in this. But the other was James Robinson. And I feel like if there's a comparable guy out there, it is Daryl Henderson, if he's the guy who starts. So let me take all of that. Uh, and, and the targets should be there enough. You know, even Michelle got, I believe, three targets last week. That should increase for whoever does get the start here. So in a battered running back showing for fantasy over the last few weeks, you need guys like this, and I'm happy to have them. Now, if Henderson, you're probably rooting for Henderson not to play then, right? So one guy gets all of the backfield touches. It has nothing to do with you being against Henderson. You're just kind of hoping someone in this offense gets all the touches in this matchup. Sure, that would be nicer. But no, I would not root for him to be unhealthy, <laughs> but it would be all right for my fantasy. This is my issue is I have Daryl Henderson in so many leagues, and if he does play, it's going to be such a hard decision for me because they make him active. How many touches do they really give him if they have a guy like Sony Michelle who can be just fine, right? Like I think Henderson's the better back among the two, but the gap's not that big. And if you can protect you're running back and not get him hit a bunch of times with a rib injury. How many touches are you going to give him? Oh, it's going to be such a hard decision. I do love the matchup, though. You're so right. Um, man, it's it's already driving me crazy, and I'm not even having to deal with it. Yeah, I'm not even looking at my rosters. I'm just – I can't. Uh, all right. My start of the week, I always mess up his name, so I don't even know why I made him my start of the week. I'm already dreading saying it. Kadariel. Did I say it right? Daryl, no. how do you say his Cordero. name? Daryl. Daryl. Oh my god. We're just god. adding in syllables every where there time. No Daryl. Daryl. Cordero. Cordero. This is why I said I would never bring him up. <laughs> Cordero Patterson. I don't know why you guys let me host the podcast. I cannot speak. Cordero <laughs> Patterson. For every mispronunciated name. Drink. Drink. All right. Um, it's only going to make her mispronunciate more by the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's a vicious cycle. Uh, he's going up against the Washington football team. I don't actually even care what the matchup is with him going into this week because he's just been good. But also Washington is not a defense that you have to be scared of. We came into this year being like, oh, Washington football defense, a team you need to stay away from. When you're talking about football players or they were fantasy, my number one defense on the year, so I'm doing really well. Oof, that's, in terms that's pretty brutal. No, <laughs> How bad of a start is that? What could, what do I do to redeem myself? I don't know. Yeah, Washington's defense is not good, but. You know who is? It's Patterson. I'm just going to ignore his first name because I already forgot how to say it. He Mr. is. <laughs> just call him Mr. Patterson. Mr. Patterson. Mr. Mr. Patterson. Pete? 
<laughs> he has been the running back nine so far this year in PPR leagues. 16.3 fantasy points per game. He Was has he even eligible as a running back before this season? I don't know. Because I think he was solely eligible as a wide receiver. So the fact that he's ranking top 10 as a running back when he wasn't even an eligible running back, oh, man. He has more fantasy points than guys like Nick Chubb, Alvin Kamara, obviously more than Joe Mixon. There Ah. you go, bingo card. He is (laughs) averaging 1.4 fantasy points per touch. Leads all running backs this season uh, among those with 20-plus touches. Like, he has just been a good fantasy running back, specifically in PPR, of course. He leads the Falcons in scrimmage yards, 238 scrimmage yards. He leads them in scrimmage touchdowns with two. He has more than Mike Davis. He has more than Calvin Ridley. He has more than Kyle Pitts. Like, he is the dude here for Matt Ryan. Doesn't really make a ton of sense, but... You know, Calvin Ridley is clearly still the wide receiver one, but when you put together that Patterson's the wide receiver two on the team, especially once Russell Gage went out with an injury, like all of those targets are going to Patterson. And then also that he's the RB, 1B, I would say. Like Mike Davis is still the lead, but he's right there next to him. He's getting all of these valuable touches. He looks good out there. And against Washington, I'm not scared at all of it. with that defense, I'm plugging him in. Plugging him as a running back too, and I think you should be happy with it. Yeah, no, I I've been super impressed. Like on the field, um, I, their their touches. Mike Davis is out touching Cordero Patterson, but uh, you'll notice that Cordero Patterson's the one with uh, all of the scrimmage yards in the world. He looks like the better running back, despite his like lack of experience at the position. Uh, just looks tougher. Looks like he has a little bit more burst. I really like Cordero Patterson. I would say my biggest concern is just the way the offense has looked overall. Hasn't been fantastic. Oh, it's terrible, and it's terrible because they use Patterson so much. No, probably it, it's terrible <laughs> because they need to use Patterson so much. Like you can't. Rely there you on go. Him. Yeah, yeah, that's more yeah. of it. Uh, Jake, do you feel confident in starting Patterson, or is it one of those guys that you're like, it's just a three-week thing, it's not going to continue? No, honestly, I think at this point he's shown enough where it's like you have to take him as being for real until he flops. And I don't expect that to happen. I have him comfortably, comfortably put into my flex in my home league, but again, that's an 0-3 home league, so maybe that's not the greatest barometer. <laughs> So you're just like the Falcons, where you, you're happy to use them, but it's just not kind of the best for you. <laughs> Kate, you know I love this start of the week. It makes me nervous. It makes me nervous that we're getting so confident, but talk them up. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it confidence just yet, but I'm rolling with Zach Moss versus the Houston Texans, baby. It's about time. Uh, we've, we've been calling for the breakout we were waiting and then we had our hearts broken week one when Zach Moss was a healthy scratch they call it a healthy scratch but then Sean McDermott the coach of the Bills said it was because of injury so relax everybody yeah so that that was a little puzzling but um Zach Moss is actually uh been a really relevant fantasy running back um he's equal in fantasy points to Dalvin Cook who has also missed one game, just FYI. Uh, Just needed to throw that out there. But 
Houston, they've given up the second most rushing touchdowns among NFL teams, 10th most fantasy points to the running back position. The last two weeks, like they, they've been allowing plenty. Uh, let's look at week two. The Browns' backfield combined for 202 scrimmage yards and three touchdowns. And that wasn't all Nick Chubb. That wasn't all Kareem Hunt. That was Demetric Felton, Andy Janovich, the fullback. All of these guys were getting involved, and they scored a lot of points. Buffalo, they have the seventh highest time of possession rate. Houston, they have the ninth lowest. This is the perfect game script for a rushing kind of day. Zach Moss, he's outperformed Devin Singletary. Obviously, he's been a little less efficient um, in terms of his yards per carry, but he has outtouched him in terms of yards after contact per attempt. Uh, he's had five avoided tackles in his two games active. Devin Singletary has had zero in those two yeah, games. Yeah, and you can't look at yards per carry because Zach Moss gets the, the harder carries, the, right? The, yeah. You know, the short third downs, the goal line carries. Like, you can't get many yards if you're getting a carry at the one-yard line, right? Your only goal is to get that one yard. Your goal is to get done. the one yard. But he did uh, – he, he had one carry inside the five over the last two weeks. He did convert that to a touchdown. He's getting a lot of really tough yards, and like I said, he's getting the yards after the contact. I think he looks really good. Scared me with the fumble in week two. My heart dropped into my butt. <laughs> but he he's looked good, and every like he's honestly so hard for Michelle and I to watch because we're so stressed out every time uh, he's on the field because we just want him to do well, and we want everybody else to see what an awesome running back is. And I've been scrolling through my timeline, guys. I've been scrolling through the old Twitterverse, and people are being very nice about Zach Moss on their timelines. And I'm just a little confused because nobody's yelling at them about what a piece of floating garbage Zach Moss is. It's been nice not to get the tweets the last couple weeks. I mean, 15 points week two, 18 points last week. Top 10 points per game this year. Two-week sample size. We'll see what happens. Next three weeks are very nice. Houston, Tennessee, Kansas City. So hopefully he still gets the touches um, and we, we actually see his touches increase. That'd be great. I'm way too nervous to put him as my starter league, but I'm happy you did. Kudos to you. You're welcome. Jake, let's move on to wide receivers. This one is risky. I see you put here. He did, ba- he did very game. little in week three. So just yep, like yep. your running back, talk me into your player, your wide receiver scrumptious start of the week. This is a guy that I'm relying on to have a boom week like he did in week two, not a massive downer week like he did in week three. It's Rondale Moore, wide receiver for the Cardinals. Uh, I get it. Again, if I can use the word trepidation once more in this podcast, I understand it. I understand why you'd have it for him. Uh, because last week, one catch, uh, basically, and like a yard is all that he had to show for you. A.J. Green stole the show last week while uh, DeAndre Hopkins was a little bit banged up. Now, Hopkins is still banged up. He sat out practice, I know, today. It's probably just a resting thing. It's fine. He's going to play, I'm sure. But if Hopkins plays, he has to deal with Jalen Ramsey. If Hopkins, for some reason, doesn't play, then that would mean either A.J. Green or Christian Kirk have to deal with uh, Jalen Ramsey. Rondale Moore is not going to have to deal with that. He's also going to have a much more competitive game script. Unlike last week against Jacksonville, 
I expect them to have to keep up, and they're gonna need his big playability more than AJ Green's like catch for five yards. Uh, so even if AJ Green can do his thing, and and certainly he could, I think there's plenty of space for Rondale. Not necessarily gonna see that same 140 yards that he had against the Vikings. But I think it's well within the range of outcomes to get at least 80 yards and a touchdown out of this thing. Uh, and I'm relying on a bounce back here. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't buy in here. I think if DeAndre Hopkins is banged up, you know, I, I do think he plays and he might struggle, right, with Jalen Ramsey on him. I think then it's Christian Kirk. I think he's the one that steps up. We saw that happen last week. Rondell Moore had that one big play, 77 yards, that's fantastic, and you can't take that away from him. But besides that, then he has 100 receiving yards on the year, and that's 14 targets for just 100 receiving yards. Like His average depth of target is also very low, um, that one big play, and he, he's going to have more of those in him. He's an electric player. He's fantastic. I just If I had to choose one, I would go with Christian Kirk, but – you could get that one big play. This is what I, I can't agree with you here, but we'll, we'll see what happens because if he goes off, you can make fun of me hard next episode. We're going to fight about it. We're going to fight about it so hard. Uh, this is going to be a white claw bet. Jake doesn't like sure. it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, I'll drink my comparable. Okay. I don't want to have to drink what, what. I'll do it. No, no, no. If I'm touting him, I'll, okay. I'll do it. I'll drink a white claw. Why don't we if, make the uh, line Christian 10 fantasy him. points? Oh, do you want to just do Christian Kirk versus Rondo Moore? We can just do straight up. Straight yeah, up. let's okay. just do it straight up. I think cool. that's a purer bet. We don't need to get the, the muckiness in the way. Okay, I like that. I like that. My start of the week is an obvious one here, but I want to bring it up because I'm still getting questions about do I start this guy or not. It's like he's a stud. You start him. You start your studs. And it's Mike Williams for the Chargers against the Raiders. Stop asking me, Mike Williams or. It's Mike Williams. Like, I love this dude. I'm so excited that he's actually doing his thing. He is the wide receiver, too, on the year. And, like, only Cooper Cup has scored more fantasy points than him. And when you're looking at the wide receiver three in Tyler Lockett, he's actually 13 fantasy points below Mike Williams. So Mike Williams and Cooper Cup are just balling out this year. When you're looking – like it's great he's scoring a lot of touchdowns, right? Like that's helping his fantasy points, but that's not where they're all coming from. You you're not just like oh the touchdowns might go away. That's fine. He is one of just five players to have over 75 receiving yards each game this season. That's Cooper Cup, Travis Kelsey, DJ Moore, Brandon Cooks, and Mike Williams. Like he's getting the receiving yards on top of the touchdowns. Cooper Cup and Mike Williams are the only two players in the NFL with 75-plus receiving yards and a receiving touchdown in each game this season. You start him. He's a stud. The Raiders, you know, they're a better defense, but you still – you can get yards on them. Plus, you can I don't want to see – I don't want to see one question about Mike Williams this week you on Twitter. You can count on the overtime. Start him. The overtime the over, Yeah, the overtime. That's likely for the Raiders. It's all sure. but a lock. The, the Raiders go into to overtime 66% of the time. It's amazing. Oh, I didn't even bring up uh, a big point here. Mike Williams leads the NFL in red zone targets and end zone targets. So he's Those not, are valuable he, big targets. Time. Yeah, he can't score a touchdown every game, but he's likely to score a lot of them throughout the season. So Sounds like a challenge to me. 
Start him every week. He's going to have some bust games like every other wide receiver, but just keep plugging him in. He is a stud. Yeah, y'all are still starting uh, Allen Robinson. Yeah. So. Well, Tyreek Hill had two bust weeks the last two weeks, and you never questioned starting him. You play your best players, and you, 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 know, you go from there. Kate, who is your start of the week at wide receiver? All right, so this is the homer in me. I am rolling with wide receiver Chase Claypool. There's lots of uh, banged-upness on the field right now for the Steelers. We just saw Najee Harris have, uh, what, 19 targets? Jesus, freaking wow. Like, you are not a wide receiver, sir. I know he used to play wide receiver, right? In high school, I think. Back, way <laughs> back in the day. But baby, we're, we're, he's a running back now, but no, no, no. We need bodies. We need bodies to catch the football. So I like Chase Claypool against Jake's good old Packers. The Steelers' offense does not look good. I know. We're so bad. So bad. But Chase Claypool is going to be a necessity. He's going to be a volume-based start for me at this point. Juju, uncertain with a rib injury. Obviously, Deontay Johnson, we said he, uh, he came back to practice in a limited fashion on Wednesday, but... He did miss week four or week three with an injury. Not totally guaranteed. I mean, it looked like a really nasty injury. Um, so it, he's not a lock to start week four. Uh, 18 wide receivers have had uh, over 25 targets over the first three games. And there are only four of those wide receivers who still haven't scored a touchdown. That is Cole Beasley, Jacoby Myers, who has still not ever scored <laughs> a regular season touchdown, which is crazy he has thrown two regular season touchdowns (laughs) he has caught zero that's wild that is amazing uh but the other two chase claypool michael Pittman. i do think that he is going to get volume this is a guy that ranked six in among wide receivers in terms of scrimmage touchdowns last season he's getting volume last week he had 15 targets and they were all like really gross plays he didn't do much after the catch he didn't look good, but he still had nine for 96. And again, I keep going back to that that touchdown regression. He is a big-bodied wide receiver. I mean, he's getting those those targets that you think, man, if they connect, like those kind of targets that you used to talk about. You can't catch a ball. There's no one that's impressed been, me less this year than Chase Claypool. It's been really rough. He looks like a terrible wide receiver out there. And um, but it's so bad. Volume alone, um, like even this week, it was a very ugly, ugly game. He was still the wide receiver 16 in week three. I think the volume's going to be there, even if just one of these wide receivers, Juju or Deontay, is Claypool at this point is a glorified Marquise Veldez Scatling. Okay, you are being a little harsh after three weeks. I know, I know. I think he'll get better. He better get better. Uh, I think he's a better player than what he's shown, but good Lord, I he wish not, he... He's not looked good, and this is no. not, like I, I said earlier, fantasy is not always pretty. This is one of the plays that I expect to be less pretty because he doesn't look as clean as he did. I think he'll have a fine week. I think they're going to need him to have a fine week with Juju out, Deontay's banged up. I expect Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams to be able to do whatever they want against the Steelers. It's it's likely to be a blowout win I mean, for the Packers. And we haven't even discussed that. Your Packers play my Steelers, our Steelers. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't expect good things. The Steelers team is brutal to watch. 
really, really <laughs> I won't I won't gloat at all because I still remember a week one from the Packers. So anything can happen. Uh, I, I won't get too arrogant just yet. <laughs> oh my goodness. Good it's, it's, staying humble. it's in Green Bay. I'm sure we'll be texting. And if the Steelers win, you know I'll, I'll be rubbing that into your face because the Steelers <laughs> suck. So you could not lose to them. But if if the Packers win, we would expect our privacy. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't put it into <laughs> our face. That's not allowed. This seems like one of them double standards. I don't know. <laughs> well, speaking of the Steelers, your tight end start of the week is a Steeler. And this is a wild start of the week. This is a risky one. Talking about getting ballsy, talk about him. I'm all about risks this week, apparently. Like, that's my my whole vibe, I guess, this week. But, yeah, to, to just hop on to what you were talking about of the banged-up-itude of the Steelers. That's a word. Banged-up-itude. Uh, that's totally a word. Consult Webster's. Uh, I would say that Pat Fryermuth <laughs> constitutes the better waiver pickup this, this week. In a gross waiver period, I will say. This week is not great for that. He's one guy I would actually consider picking up. He gets the Packers. So they are third worst against tight ends for fantasy thus far. And that's just not a this year trend. That's kind of an always thing. They're always terrible against tight ends. Now, Pat did very well in what he had to do last week. So he got five targets. One of them good for a reception in the end zone, which you love to see. And he needs, it's everything you just said, Kate, but in the form of a tight end. He needs a go-to guy. It can't just be Najee getting 19 targets again this week. He's going to need another middle-of-the-field presence because I don't project him to slang it down the field too much. Uh, so I love me some Pat this week. And he looks good. Fryermuth looks like one of our better weapons out there. Uh, looks way better than Eric Ebron. He should start eating into Ebron's snaps more and more and more as he impresses the coaches. And it seems like Big Ben likes him. So I, I'm fine with this. It's, it's a risky play for sure. But if you're hurting at tight end, I don't mind that. My start of the week is Mike Gesicki against the Colts. Apparently, Jacoby Brissett just really likes Mike Gesicki because in week two when he came in, Gesicki started getting all these targets. He ended up with six just in week two when Brissett came in after Tua got injured. Last week, 12 targets. Will Fuller is still dealing with an injury. We don't know how healthy he'll be in week four if he even plays. You know, it's not the best matchup in the world against the Colts, but it's it's doable, right? You can play a tight end against them. And when you're trying to find a startable tight end in fantasy, I, I want a guy that you can feel comfortable, you know, that should get these targets. Mike Isicki does this sometimes, though, where, like, he has a good game, and then all of a sudden he disappears. I don't really understand because he's an athletic tight end. Like, he should be utilized more. But with Brissett still out there, like, I'm willing to plug him in this week it's hard, right? If you don't have Kelsey, Waller, Kittle, Hawkinson, like you, you got to figure it out. And I'm fine with Gesicki this week. Is anyone else inspired? Do you hear? That? Yeah. I was like, do you hear how excited <laughs> I am to start him? The level of confidence is just like, yeah. I'm, I'm blown I think he'll away. Get, he'll get the targets. He's fine. Kate, your start of the week seems like a really big reach here. Oh my goodness. You're the tight end two on the year. Okay, it's not it's not about the reach so much. It's not about like me trying. It's not a hot take. It's nothing. But this is a vote of confidence because this is a guy that got injured last week, um, and and we saw him come out of the game. He did not practice today. By he the way. did not come back to practice. I'm talking about tight end Rob Gronkowski. 
Um, and this is a similar play to your Mike Williams, Michelle. I'm still getting questions about Rob Gronkowski. He is a must start, period. No more questions asked. He is a must start uh, until he hopefully is not injured uh, for me. He's just a must, must start across the board. Um, I mean, you said it. He's a top five tight end. The Bucks have the third highest passer rating when leading by a touchdown or more, which I'm projecting this to be a fine game for the Bucks, which we didn't even talk about the narrative of the revenge game for Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski. They're going back to Foxborough. Going to be such an interesting game. There have been 13 tight ends with 15 or more targets across three weeks, and Gronk has the second highest passer rating when targeted among all of them. He did suffer the rib injury. They got negative x-rays. It doesn't sound like uh, it's as much of it like a Daryl Henderson kind of rib injury, but either way, um, he is a tight end. He's getting a little bit less contact than these running backs, so um, I, I'm less worried about that. He leads all tight ends in fantasy points per touch, uh, more than Travis Kelsey, more fantasy points per snap than Travis Kelsey. Gronk is having a fantastic freaking year. There was a report out there, too, that said, unless it's a season-ending injury, Gronkowski's not missing this game. Like, he, he's not going to miss this game against the Patriots. I actually think it could be a lower-scoring game than we imagined for the Bucks. Like, I don't think Bill Belichick's just going to let them come into their house and just roll over them. Like, you know he's not sleeping this week. He can't let Tom Brady embarrass him like that. You know, the Bucs are going to win. The Bucs are going to win for sure. Tom Brady's already been embarrassing him. Yeah, I know. But uh, I just, I like, I'm a little bit nervous about playing Brady this week. I really am. But yeah, when it comes to a tight end and Gronkowski. I mean, Gron- Gronk, he left the game for these x-rays. The first snap, I believe, or maybe the second snap he was back in the game, it was a red zone target. And then he got another one on the next play. Like, it doesn't matter he's if man. he's on the field. He is a must-start and no ifs, ands, or buts. Not anymore. All right. Enough talking up these players. Let's get negative. Biggest fade of the week. Jake, who is a guy that you don't want to plug into your lineup this week? I really, 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 really don't want to have to play Zeke this week, and that's great for me because I don't have Ezekiel Elliott on any of my teams. So I don't have to make this decision, but I feel for anybody who does because it's tough to sit a name like that, certainly, and I'm not advocating to just bench him this week. But the expectation against the Panthers has to be pretty low for you. Um, You're kind of banking on a touchdown, honestly, with Zeke at this point. The Panthers held Alvin Kamara to five rushing yards on eight attempts. (laughs) Five rushing yards on eight attempts. They are the worst matchup for running backs in the league currently. Um, they have allowed just 98 yards overall in total rushing through three they games. Granted, that was the Texans. And, yeah, Texans <laughs> yes. and Jets. Like. Yes. So, you know, you do have to put the asterisk there. And that's why I do want to emphasize, you know, Kamara is much, 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 much better than all of those people from both of those other backfields. So their targets also, too, they don't really allow many targets to the running back. So if if they are going to do that, it could be Pollard even vulturing those. So I'm concerned about Zeke for this week. Yeah, I think like, he looked good last week against the Eagles. You probably still have to play Zeke, right? Um, I don't think the Panthers' defense is as good as 
you know, their stats might say. When we were at the game, you know, in last Thursday in Houston, it's Davis Mills is just not, you know, he's a third-round quarterback, and he's not very good. But Brandon Cook still ate up on them. They, you know, the Texans can't run. Like, their defense didn't look like, oh, my goodness, they're so good. They got to play the Saints. They were missing, like, basically every coach imaginable. Like, it was just a disaster of a game. And then the Jets don't count as a team this year. Like, they've been so incredibly bad. And they <laughs> they only won that game by five points against the Jets. Looking back on that, that actually looks really, really bad now because every other team has destroyed the Jets. Well, I mean, there's only been three weeks, but you know what I'm saying. So I, I both of the other teams. I still want to see who <laughs> Carolina is. Let's see them against an actually good a good offense because Winston and the Saints are not a good offense right now. Let's see them face a good offense, see what their defense looks like. If they hold Dak in that offense, then yeah, we got to stay away. But I'll still give them a chance. My fade of the week, this one's going to hurt you a lot. It hurts me. It's Brandon Cooks versus the Bills. I love Brandon Cooks. No. You, Jake loves Brandon Cooks. Kate loves Brandon Cooks. We all love Brandon Cooks. And he's Brandon Cooks cooks. And he's been nothing but amazing. It doesn't matter who his quarterback is. It does not matter at all. 18 fantasy points, 22 and 21 these first three weeks. He's been amazing. He did it against the Panthers defense, right? They're stingy as well, even though they're not. Well, that's a whole other discussion that I already brought up. But the Bills' defense are actually very, very stingy. They look very well improved from last year. They have not allowed a player to have 75-plus receiving yards in a game yet this season. They have allowed only one receiving touchdown to a wide receiver this year. That was Deontay Johnson's insane catch. Like It was very well covered, and it was just an amazing catch. When you're looking at these other wide receivers that have gone against the Bills, Terry McLaurin, 62 receiving yards. Right after his week where he had a monster week, you know, he still saw seven targets. You know Brandon Cooks is going to have a lot of targets, and this is why I'm bringing up these guys that saw a big target share against the Bills. Uh, Juju had eight targets, 52 yards. Jalen Waddle, eight targets, 48 yards. Uh, Devontae Parker, nine targets, 42 yards. Deontay Johnson, 10 targets, 36 yards. All of these guys saw a lot of targets against the Bills, and it didn't matter. Like, Yes, Brandon Cooks is going to see 10-plus targets this week. He's the main guy there. He's going to get them. I just don't know what that's going to turn into with Davis Mills against that Bills defense. You're likely still starting him, and that's okay because you just hope the volume you know, comes, comes through for you. But I can see him getting like 12 targets for like 40 yards. I don't, it could be ugly. I'm worried. Are you worried at all, Jake? Never. Never again. Not after I worried last week. I thought he was walking into the worst possible situation with the whole quarterback deal and obviously everybody being out and the defense, which at the time I thought was good. I've just, he's done it so many times. And like you said, he's going to get the targets. So in PPR formats, I'm still relying on an eight catch day for Brandon Cooks. And that's going to salvage, hopefully, a low yardage output. I mean, I, I was the one calling for him as a must start last week. So I mean, he's for me. Uh, he falls into not not the same category of safeness, not the same category as a Mike Williams or a Cooper Cup, obviously. But uh, he's essentially a pretty safe wide receiver too for me, and I'm gonna find it really hard to bench a wide receiver too on any given week, uh, unless you just have the best receiving core. I just think Tredavious White, if he gets to just focus in on Brandon Cooks, and then the rest of that, you know, 
the rest of that defense really only has to focus on stopping him. But There's Michelle, no one we else. Say, we say start your studs. So is this a, a thing where he's one of your studs, so he's in your lineup, but you project a low day? Or is he somebody that you do feel comfortable benching? I think if Brandon Cooks had a quarterback like Josh Allen or Justin Herbert or Patrick Mahomes, you'd still start him against a defense like this. But when you're going up against a defense like this, against a top corner – and you have Davis Mills throwing to you, that's when you're like, okay, maybe you don't always start your studs in this kind of situation. Uh, you know, you can still start him, like I said, just really, really temper your expectations this week and hope he, you know, he proves me wrong. Kate, who is your biggest fade of the week? All right, I'm going with the quarterback 10 in fantasy football, and I do believe he was one of you guys's, you guys. one of you guys's starts of the week last week. I'm talking about Daniel Jones, uh, quarterback of the New York Giants. Uh, Yes, you're right. Uh, You heard that right. He is the quarterback 10, but he is going up against the Saints, which is absolutely uh, atrocious. They are a solid defense. Uh, Opposing quarterbacks uh, have combined for three touchdowns and six interceptions over the first three weeks. And we're talking about, uh, like, Aaron Rodgers and Mac Jones, who I know is a rookie, but um, overall is a, you know, he's a pretty safe quarterback overall. Like, uh, he's one of these guys that I don't project to have a high turnover rate throughout the rest of this season. Um, New Orleans is just making plays. I do think that uh, we're going to see Saquon Barkley struggle to get the run going just with this rushing defense. I think that's going to put Daniel Jones in a really tough position where he's already down likely two of his top receiving options. I think this is going to be a hard outing for Daniel Jones, but he is a mistake-prone quarterback, and I think the Saints are going to be uh, really, really highlighting that pretty well. Yeah, the fact that he doesn't have an interception yet this year is just wild. You have to expect those to be coming, and I think the Saints defense will get at least one. I, I couldn't start Daniel Jones this week. Anything else that anyone wants to bring up before we close out the show? Zach Moss. Zach Moss again. I just want to highlight <laughs> Zach Moss. Um, I, I think next week I would like to have a broader discussion if we have another good week in the books. Yeah, let's wait to see if we can get three weeks yeah. in a row. Okay, okay. Let's pencil like, in a, a Zach Moss five-minute chunk for next week, just <laughs> in case. Let's just set that aside for next week, just uh, in case. You know um, he's going to suck this we need week, to we're going like to go a, back to sadness. Let's have a bet on the line or something. I don't I just... There's no... We're all for him, Kate. No one's against you right now. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> Everyone... We wish you the best of luck in week four. If you're 0-3, you're going to be 1-3. It's going to happen for you. If you're 3-0, you're going to be 4-0. Let's go, baby. Everyone, hit us up on Twitter. If you have any additional questions, you can find me, Michelle, at BallBlastEm, BallBlastEM. You can find me, Kate, at FFBallBlast. You can find me at Jake Trowbridge with a W. Thanks, everyone. Make sure to go check out BallBlastFootball.com and smash that five-star review on your podcast app. Bye, That's it for Bye. this week's Ball Blast Fantasy Bye. Football Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, leave those five-star reviews, and check out ballblastfootball.com for more league-winning advice.